Hello and welcome back to the Astute Podcast. The podcast um, was a progression from an idea that I had to educate small and medium-sized business owners on all the problems that I've seen over the years. It aims to be short and sweet and provide helpful tips to implement into your business to help promote growth. And today we have the pleasure of talking to Nina from Integrated Human Resourcing. Nina has a double diploma in HR and leadership management and over 20 years experience. Welcome, Nina. Hi, Suna. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I thought we would just start by giving an overview of your career in HR um, from when you started in London and uh, to Australia today. Yeah, yeah definitely. So um, in London, uh, I think it was about 2000, um, I initially, originally started my career um, at a management consultancy firm um, in the city. So I worked there. For, until we moved to Australia, uh, which was in 2011. So my role there was as practice manager. So I was doing a lot of people management coordination. I wasn't doing straight HR, but I was managing a department of probably about 100, 100 consultants. Um, then we moved to Australia in 2011, initially to Sydney, then decided better of it and moved to the Gold Coast. Um, where I did actually work for an NGO initially um, on the corporate side, actually helping with compliance and 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 quality and 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 those kind of things, and that then led me to to actually start working uh, with Renee at Integrated Human Resourcing, um, where I was more focused on purely HR HR work. Uh, so I've been there since probably is it six years now? Um, so nearly six years. Yeah, and I think that's a good sign because that's how we got to come and meet you and learn a bit about more what you do. <laughs> um, so one of the most travelling factors uh, for business owners is always around staffing. It's something that we see and it pops its head up all the time. Yeah. It starts off, you know, the questions are when to put on staff, where to find good staff, how much to pay them, when should I train them, what type of training, managing the workforce, targets, KPIs, you know, how to exit them. The list goes on, like HR is quite a broad term um, in total when you're talking about human resourcing. So do you want to give us a bit of a breakdown of kind of the areas that you specialise in? Yeah, not a problem. So yeah, look, um, we're we're generalists, so we, we do cover all facets of HR. So that's everything from um, the onboarding, so that's the employee foundations from employment agreements, um, uh, their policies and procedures, and that of course part of that that precedes that is the recruitment element which we do as well um and then the second element is is i guess all the good stuff in the middle um of when <laughs> once you've employed an employee which is around training um we do cultural reviews as well making sure that the, the culture of the business is correct we have retention strategies salary reviews um, we can do all those things as well, as well as like the performance management and, and, and not just performance management, but performance reviews. So we can help businesses establish those and, and actually execute them. And then um, the third uh, element of it really is, I guess, the offboarding side of things. So that's anything from the standard resignation exits to terminations and redundancies. Um, so we can support the uh, any business through the whole employee cycle. Yeah, and and it is it is a, a quite a big cycle, isn't it? And I think during the time that you do have staff, it's not you have staff and it gets put to the side. It's just this revolving circle that you know continually goes around. Um, so what we were going to kind of focus on today was I hear 
you know, that wages and the cost of staffing is a big chunk of expenses and it's generally spoken about in a negative light from business owners. I wanted to um, sort of flip that on its head today in getting business owners to consider that staffing is sort of their biggest asset. And with that in mind, when business owners purchase their biggest assets, like when they're talking, you know, purchasing light commercial trucks or new equipment that's going to make things quicker and faster and easier, there's most certainly always a process involved in that. They do their research, they compare offers, you know, you take it for a test drive, you ask around your mates. It's really the same process when putting on staff, and I guess that's called the recruitment process. But it's sort of something that's very much overlooked in that initial stages of your business growth and putting on staff. So I'm glad that you're joining us here today. And what you're going to share with us is your top five tips uh, or five mistakes that people make during that recruitment process. Um, I'll sum them up quickly now and then I'll throw it over to you to kind of expand on them and give us a little bit more insight. So number one, we've got that there's no job description. So, um, you know, it's done sort of haphazardly. We've got no consideration for the team fit if you already have um, employees in that business. Lack of preparation for that process. Leaving good candidates hanging at the end of that and no pre-employment checks. So that's the five um, mistakes that we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to hand it over to you to explain to us a little bit further what that all means. All right, lovely. So the first one that you mentioned about not having a PD um, is really also around the fact that we find a lot of businesses just don't do that initial job analysis. So um, what's really important is that you, you understand the role that you're actually trying to recruit for. First of all, does it actually exist? Do you need it? And what's included in that role? Um, so we often see that an employer tries to fit all lots of random things into it and then they try and look for that employee which doesn't really exist because then they want that perfect fit into a role that hasn't really been thought out properly. Um, So the best way to go about making sure you're, you're reviewing that properly is to do a bit of a job analysis, check what the needs of the business are, really understand what roles and responsibilities are going to come into that role um, and, and and the skill set that you're actually looking for. Um, and that's by kind the, of like a list, isn't it, of what yeah. you actually require this person to do? Like just start putting pen to paper and going, okay, what exactly do I want this employee to do for us? Exactly. And and it, and then you, you're going through that thought process, aren't you, of really trying to understand what it is that the business needs. And sometimes when they haven't gone through it, they just make uh, like a snap judgment of what they need. And it's only when they start looking at people, they realise that, oh, actually, that's not what we're looking for. But they've advertised for something that they haven't needed. So they get applicants that don't really fit the bill. Um, so it's really important we can't stress it enough that you do that um, review you do that analysis and you do that position description um, and that will help you go through the process and you know there's been times um, with some businesses where they've then decided not to recruit because actually they've figured out that that's not a full role and 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 so and so can do an element of it or they've waited until they've actually really needed the role yeah is there a shift from um you know, full-time to sort of doing two part-time if you, you know, you, if you've done that list of what you need and that the two, you know, maybe kind of got two roles there, they're sort of mushing together that it's it actually is two separate roles. You're not going to get that person to do one. Sometimes, or it's about sometimes as well when you're recruiting, thinking about 
thinking a little bit outside the box and 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 looking at people who've got transferable skills as well which sometimes businesses don't they they decide they want exactly someone who could do those things which is very rare unless (laughs) someone's evolved with a business yeah um so but yeah and sometimes it becomes two roles or two part-time roles because you want as in anything you want someone who's good at the bit that you want them to be good at so it it can yeah for sure okay let's move on to number two oh yeah this is a good one (laughs) so the cultural fit for the team um it's really important sometimes uh businesses think they want similar people on a team um which doesn't always work you've got to find a really good fit of different personalities and people who behave in certain ways for a team so when you're recruiting you've got to see how they're going to fit in with the team you know if you're going to have two hot heads that's not going to work um yeah i was going to say you do the disc profiling system with yeah. implement yeah okay yeah, we do. And so we do a lot of disc profiling um, as well. So um, and with some businesses uh, who are, I guess, a little bit bigger, we've actually, you know, we've got the ideal for certain roles. But then we also look at the, the whole team profile as well yeah. to see how people are going to fit. And it doesn't mean that you've got the wrong profile, but it's how you communicate with each other. But sometimes they an employer will just look at the skill sets and their qualifications and not really assess whether they're actually going to be a fit for the business. And and I guess I'm talking culturally and value-wise. It's really important that values align with the team as well Um, because if they don't, it's just not going to work. You're going to constantly be butting heads. Yeah, kind of setting yourself up for failure, isn't it? (laughs) And as I say, the team is your biggest asset. So if we can get them all kind of working together um, and you kind of nailed it there, the vision or the values, and I say that mission statement, the values of the business, if it's all aligned, you've got... Um, you know, bigger bigger room for success and growth. So I agree with that one. Let's go to number three. I have definitely been guilty of this one in the past. Yes. Okay, so I've had a mixture of experience with how people interview. Um, some people just, just go in headstrong and ask a few questions and make a snap decision. Look, in our experience, it's really important to be prepared uh, when you're, you're interviewing candidates, especially if you've got quite a few or you're looking for specific things. Um, so we we really recommend that you set up uh, like uh, interview guide with um, competency and behavioural questions as well as skill based and really ask those same questions to each candidate so then you can almost do a matrix of of the response because you forget say if you're not interviewing um all together you'll you'll forget if you're interviewing over over a week you you won't remember the first candidate or you one person might stick out but it's often like you remember that almost the first and the last candidate of the day. So it's important that you've got set questions. You can, of course, you can, you know, um, add extra or go in a certain direction if needed or probe further. But it's really important that you're organised. So then you you feel confident as well with the questions that you're asking. Yeah. Um, and then you've got good notes because that's the other thing. It's really important that you document your, your interview yeah. notes for record purposes it's actually a requirement yeah I think I think this is one skill that I've definitely gotten better at um, over time so you know I've got a bookkeeping business and in the last lot of interviews I think um, as a business owner you take for granted you know I'm advertising for a bookkeeper that I assume that everyone that applies for that role actually 
understands that role. So one of the questions that we put in there was, you know, can you tell us about your average day as a bookkeeper? And yeah, it's amazing some of the responses from that. It really highlighted those that had lack of experience or that previous roles were very um, narrow to, you know, just accounts payable yeah. or just accounts receivable. So yeah, that little question that we asked across the candidates was, yeah, actually mind blowing for me. I didn't realise how important that kind of was. It's it's a really good question. It's kind of um, we found it like when we're recruiting for let's say marketing roles because somebody can say they're a marketing expert, but when they work in bigger firms, they're only like a small element of it. Yeah. And then you you find you know they don't really have that breadth of experience that you need for the role. So it's, yeah, I can't stress enough how important it is that you look at what you're recruiting for and you base your questions on the role and and, and what you're looking for um, yeah. and not just, you know, and, you, and also about your cultural fit and your values. Yeah, and definitely. You, you and I think that's all just in preparation. I mean, previously yeah. I'd kind of gone into them and gone, you know, oh, why'd you leave your last job? Why do you want this job? You know, very yeah. generic kind of questions and nothing to do with getting the right person, um, you know, for our team or for our role. So it's hard. I mean, I always... Um, ask in my interviews um, what they're looking for from their next yeah. job and their employers like what what is going to keep them loyal and what's going to keep them there and you often get quite a few things come out in that because yeah. they kind of go off that standard and they, yeah. they talk about their own wants and needs which is important to make sure that they align with what you're looking for as well yeah yeah it's definitely I mean we could kind of talk about those questions for a while yeah I definitely found um being way more prepared and structured in my interviews definitely um, kept me going. Uh, so now we're going to move on to number four, which is leaving good candidates hanging. And this is obviously after we've completed all of the interviews. Yeah, so um, you find, we find um, we do lose a lot of good candidates because the business takes a while to get back to them or just not keeping in touch. Um, now, look, we know that things are always evolving and changing in businesses and you may be recruiting and you may have to push things back a couple of weeks. But what is so important is that you keep in touch with that candidate and you're honest and you, you're kind of keeping them in the loop. So if you've got a really good candidate, I can't stress it enough how important it is to keep in touch um, what I often do is they have their interview um, and we I then actually give it a day or two and then follow up just to get feedback from them as yeah. well yeah. Um, so then you know that you know that you're keeping in touch and then you drop them an email saying look sorry I haven't got back to you yet but um, we, we'll be able to get back to you or at least give you some feedback by a certain time and with that um, I think it's um, it's important because and it's important that you um, actually do what you say you're going yeah. to do because um, that's what yeah often people they're just left hanging and I think there's nothing worse than them actually trying to um, get in touch with you just because they're following up and I think you know then you yeah. kind of you're, you're giving that unprofessional image of the company as well yeah that and I guess by uh you know reconnecting with them they're not kind of expecting your call so much after all your email so their response can also give you I guess a little bit of an insight into you know their phone manner their email manner if that's the type of role that you're um, recruiting for as well I guess. yes and let's finish it off with no pre-employment checks another um, good one that I have been guilty of <laughs> good one um so I often have heard from a 
few uh, people that I work with that, oh, there's no point, because, you know, people only give references of people that they know are going to give them a good reference or it's friends or especially in this day and age, it's actually, you're, you always get a mobile number generally rather than yeah. a landline uh, number. But you know what, um, in all the time I've been doing recruiting, it's amazing how many people actually give a really honest reference and we've we've had several times where yeah the reference hasn't been good um, maybe they haven't checked um so it it is important to do those reference checks and ideally you want to um talk to like the the at least the the most recent employer it's not always easy if they're still working there um but you want to do at least two two reference checks um not everybody does police checks but um some companies do so that's also worth considering um and then now obviously we do social media i was was actually going to ask that is do you do like a bit of a background a bit of a snoop yeah we do it's not always easy because a lot of people do close down their their uh, social media accounts but um there's ways around that i guess you can get (laughs) and look um there's been a couple of instances where we may not have uh, kind of gone into that much detail and then we've later found out when the, the accounts become a bit more visible that yeah the person definitely wasn't right fit yeah I've before um I don't know whether I should mention this or whether you can do it but anyway I looked up um a candidate on um, Facebook their account was very private but I could see that we had a mutual friend so I actually yeah got in contact <laughs> with that mutual friend and said hey such and such has come for a role what what would you think so um and you know that's going from it's a review from someone I guess that I knew or that I liked and and I think I mean, I didn't end up going with that person, but I definitely got an insight into that person from doing that. So, yeah, it was. I think, and especially on the Gold Coast, it's a small place. So you <laughs> can find that people know know each other. But, yeah, I, it's it's got to be part of the process. You you yeah. know, you inform the candidate, you let them know that you're going to, you know, you ask them references and you let them know you're going to you're going to call them, um, and you know we some some also include like medicals as well. It depends yeah. on the nature of the role, um, it, and then as well as the pre-employment, you a lot of with us a lot, especially with a lot of the um, onboarding platforms and in general as well, we we automatically set up other checks so they've got to provide ID. The yeah. licenses you know um, and as you know you know in some of the industries you need them to have a clean license and car and all yeah. those kind of things so we set all that up um, and then in know we work with in the medical industry so all their registrations all that needs to be done I was gonna say, and that's part of the planning that we talked about at the start I mean I've heard of a business before that um, has gone through that whole process and then it, when it was time for them to turn up to work and get into the vehicle they were like, oh, I don't have a manual license. So they'd gone through this whole process and, you know, this poor young guy was pretty much, you know, not equipped for the role that they had and no fault of his own. It's just that there was no planning or preparation done at the start of that. And like with, especially with certain roles, I think it's just that checklist question at the the, yeah. the beginning, you know, have you got a manual? Like you've got, you've got to ask it. You can't assume. Yeah, um, Exactly. So I'm going because I'm trying to keep them under 20 minutes so that people can do them. So I'm going to um, sum up very quickly what we spoke about. We talked about our five mistakes during the recruitment process. So number one, we've got not analysing um, your own needs, roles and requirements. And that comes down to really having the right job description. 
Number two is not taking into consideration the team fit uh, when interviewing. Number three is not being prepared with interview questions relevant to the role and the person that you're looking for. And um, you mentioned there, I made notes, you know, ask a mixture of experience, competency and behavioural questions, which I think is really good because you're not only employing for just that role, but it does take into account uh, the culture of the business in there as well. Number four was leaving good candidates hanging. So if it's a slow or a long drawn out process, don't ignore them, try and get back to them. And the final one we finished on is, you know, people sort of brush off not doing the pre-employment checks, the police checks, reference checks, social media, um, things like that. So I really do thank you for your time today, but I am going to finish on a rapid fire for questions. Yeah. You're not allowed to think about it. I want you to just um, answer them as quickly as possible. Your favourite thing about COVID? Oh, being at home. Oh, perfect. Um, the first CD you ever purchased? Gosh, I, can't, I think it must have been Michael Jackson. Yeah, nice. And current book that you're reading? Oh, gosh, forgotten what it's called. <laughs> it's by the author of The Bride Strip Bear. Forgotten the name okay. of the book. Actually. I might put it in the notes and ask you after. And your worst habit? Oh, my worst habit. Stressing about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess you're in the right role then, I guess. Um, so thank you, Nina, for joining us today. Nina is from Integrated Human Resources based on the Gold Coast. How can people get in contact with you if they want to learn a bit more about what you do? Um, they can drop me an email at ninap at humanresourcing.com.au or just give me a call on 0422647005. No worries. Thank you very much for, um, you know, a little uh, top five mistakes. I mean, we've only just scratched the surface on, you know, human resourcing um, for the process, but the first steps are there. So I hope that we have helped some people today. So thanks for your time. Thank you.